Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. This show is brought to you by AC Infinity. Innovators in the air game. Providing state-of-the-art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit acinfinity.com or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. What's up? How you doing? Good to see y'all. Good to see you guys. Good, man. I'm doing good. It's another week, eh? Just live. Just live. Shout out to the raid. Me? No, I wasn't. You. Yes, guy. Oh, yes, I was. Ah, yes, I was. Yes. Shout out to everybody that came on over. Thanks for the big flock and welcome to everybody here from the stash. (laughs) Happy Tuesday, guys. It's a brand new day of the week for uh, from the stash. Um, I see how I saved it there. See how I saved it there. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it is. Yeah, it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Yeah. Is it what Tuesday? a beautiful day it is. Yes, it's uh, it's actually in single digits where I'm at right now. Oh. So meaning that like for us, that means like it's it's almost to zero, which is freezing. Congratulations. 32. Yes, that's big. And <laughs> Congratulations. We still have. <laughs> We're getting sunlight at five o'clock at night now. So coming out of the cold and the dark. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what's up, man. Congratulations. Thank you. It is big, actually. This is a big, big shout out to a, a whole bunch of people. We got Goblin keeping it fucking real. Three months. Shout out to him. Thanks, Goblin. Heavenly Hands Organic, not Heavenly Handsome. Yeah. Maybe also Heavenly Handsome. Heavenly Essex Handsome Ganja or ES Sex Ganja. I don't Essex. know. I'm be freaky with Essex? it. Like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, the Squiggles got one I see out here. Big Sexy Buds, of course, just dropping them like it's hot. Bra, 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 yeah, bra. man. Lots and of And then Uncle Face. Is that what I see? Uncle Face. Uncle Face. Uncle Face. Thank you. Thank you. Hope everyone is having a great token Tuesday. Are you guys token on anything today? Yeah, token on. Pre combo. Yeah, we're gonna pack. I'm gonna pack my uh my little G pen here. Packing up a bowl of ISO eight by Prism Labs. So pretty good stuff. Or is it ISO eight? Oh, maybe it's ISO eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We 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 literally had this conversation yesterday, Rob and I about uh, yeah. someone giving us a hard time. I say ISO, and people say ISO. And <laughs> so the camera shit. We yeah. we were giving we were getting a hard time. ISO with yeah, you can't. So, Ooh, yeah. lots of good yeah. stuff in the chat. Oh, yeah, the chat smoking dig. Wow, We're smoking on some rampage. One of my buddies just grew it. Pretty good. It's got a nice flavor to it. It's pretty. Yielded well. It's not like crazy flavor, but there's something there, you know. Rampage Jackson. It should be. No, nope, Rampage be. Jackson with my papaya <laughs> punch sauce. Ooh, yeah, I saw P had a, a almost had a trifecta, but a trifecta times two. You had fucking a six piece of different. We had six different. I got six different strains of weed today. Yep. Ooh. Um, got nice a little salad. care package. Yeah, Anything Mrs. Good? P keeps hearing me talk about how I've got this booth. I'm smoking on. She's like, "Well, you got that grape ape." I was like, "I I like the grape ape, but I don't have much left." She's like, we got the Holland's Hope. And I was like, I really like the Holland's Hope, but there's like none of that left. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, gosh, and, and then she and then oh, I've got this blue dream that I've been staving forever. I was like, she's like, let me do so so. So the little package. So I've got everything from like space cake, which smells like armpit farts. <laughs> some platinum punch with some animal cookies. Some yeah, got some goodies. Nice, nice, nice. nice. That's awesome. We got a uh, hundred bits. 
Thanks to Heavenly Handsome. Hey, Heavenly handsome. Hands <laughs> Organic. See, that goes out that handsome. way. See, you. <laughs> Under Betsy says, love what you guys are doing. Chris, you inspire me to go back to school for a degree in crop science. Any tips on a plant veg indoors, moving outdoors for flower? So I would, uh, I'd probably spray it before I move it out there, um, you know, just for IPM purposes. Uh, when you move it outdoors, some people will, you know, uh, shade it a little bit first because the intensity of sun sun could cause the thing to, um, you know, you could see issues uh, with the fast transition of the sun. Yeah, you almost want to harden um, and, it And then look at uh, companion planting. Um, you might want to plant some companion plants around it so to try, try to deter pests uh, outdoors. So I don't know if you guys have any feedback from them as well. Actually, That's yeah, tips, man. I, yeah, I, your biggest issue that I find going from outdoors to indoors is the intensity of the sun. And I, I've often tried to take a plant, a, a young one, and tried to take it outside. I say often, but I haven't done it in a very long time. Um, <laughs> but all the, uh, time? all the time, every Saturday. And uh, took it outside and it immediately dies. It wilts so bad because the intensity is just way too much. Um, so hardening it off, you kind of let loosely mentioned it there. You want to kind of give it some moments, you know, start it off in the, in the window, you know what I mean? And give it a little bit of that. Then maybe like a, a couple, an hour outside first. And then, you know, and then work your way up because less is more when it comes to trying to acclimate these plants for outdoors. The sun is incredibly powerful. And if your plant's not ready for it, whoo, there'll be a rude awakening when you wake up and that thing's just a sad dick. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's perfect. That's great advice, boys. I don't got anything else to add to that. Fantastic. But shots Fantastic. fired. We just had a Twitch baby nine months. Good looking out. Appreciate yes, we the did. Thanks for the yeah. nine months. It's awesome. Thank you for the nine awesome. months. Wow. Speaking of nine months, show to Trey, man. Show to Trey. He had his little one. I don't think he had nine months. Uh, <laughs> Trey had his baby. <laughs> Trey had his baby. Yep. And uh, I don't think we've had an FTS since then, if I'm not mistaken. It happened over the weekend. Or is no, this like a week ago now? It was a week ago. It happened like three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It gets, it gets <laughs> oh, walking. and the kid's four now, man. What are you doing? <laughs> no. It's been a little bit. We didn't do a formal like shout out to Trey Strong's on From the Stash. From the From the Stash crew. From, from the, the From the. the, from the, the yeah. You know? And so, yeah, man. Shout out Trey yeah, Strong. Lots, lots of love. Know me. Lots of I'll love be seeing him later at some point. We'll be kicking it. We'll be smoking blunts. Mm, and we know? need to get him on for an episode talking about being a dad. Uh, Daddy Trey, right? Hell yeah! Oh yeah. As well, a dad. even <laughs> he, well, he owns a grow store too, so there's something there that we can well, manage, uh, at least. But I, I think he wants to fuck yeah, out of there. Like we, the the conversation with Rico, you hear how his, his tone switched to like, <laughs> he's so sick of that industry. It's, it's a, a good lot. reason though. It's a good reason, man. That's one that we should definitely uh, uh, maybe that would be a good one to talk to Trey about because honestly, he sees a lot because he's a consumer and he's on the front end of that shit, so he sees what the vendors are are pushing to him too. So a topic on leaving the cannabis industry? <laughs> no, I mean, even... Um, um, How to leave the cannabis industry. Uh, Ron. You know, we, we talked with Happy Hydro a little bit about purchasing, uh, you know, shopping uh, around and stuff. But we could talk yeah. with Trey more about, like, um, shopping at grow stores. You know, because local grow stores is a big thing. A lot of people go in there for information more than product. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I'll talk something to think about. Yeah, something to think about. What are we, uh, what are we talking about today? What we should talk about today, though, I had somebody DM me asking about root rot, and I laid it on them in about a paragraph. And it's it's a topic that really relates a little bit more towards roots. That's the key thing is roots, you know. Mm. And I think a lot of people misunderstand how important roots are, man. 
just that's why people will say, you know, it's the roots and foundation of everything. Like it's same with your your plants, you know. The roots are everything. It's so important. A lot of people are growing roots is the goal, you know. You're the plant kind of comes with it, but it's really a big focus that I think more and more growers are starting to, to realize is important. But then at the same time, how do you go about those hardy, healthy roots? I think it's a good combo for us to break into, maybe to avoid those root rot situations. More roots, more fruits. Right? That's, That's what I heard. Said. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Or healthier roots. Yep. Yeah. yeah. More of those. So that so doesn't rhyme as good. Healthier yeah, roots, more bubble. fruits. okay we're close though it's a good it's kind of bars it's kind of bars fruits and and roots you know when it comes down to root systems a lot of people will swear the needing the tap root and needing a root from the seed is ideal to start the best and i know a lot of people who don't even deal with clones locally here and and all they want to grow is from seed because they feel it's the strongest best way to get the root system do you boys agree in that sense yeah that's it mike that's it Mm-hmm. I agree. Why? <laughs> and show uh, your work, to... please. Yeah, I want to yeah. see it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, a lot of people start off with like larger. Con- they say a lot larger containers are going to be what's going to help contribute to a larger root structure. Um, and uh, you know, that's often reason why uh, folks like in another reason why to start like organics, for example, to start in that large container so you can have that large root structure it's not just about the buffer in a sense um so that that's one thing and then kind of uh i don't know where i'm going with this boys take over (laughs) (laughs) well people do say you know some growers will say that you'll have a stronger root system when you do have the tap root it's not going to be um oh that's what you're saying i spaced out when you said that and I, I do agree in some extent, but I was just telling my buddy, I swear the clones from my initial seed plant are the, my favorite. Like, they're the best ones. Like, that's the plants acclimating to my environment, and it's getting used to it in that sense. So when you're starting young, a lot of people, I feel like they'll oversaturate. It's the biggest problem, regardless if you're starting with a clone or you're starting with a seed. People oversaturate that, so they never get that strong root system to develop initially. It doesn't matter, taproot or not. And And... When you go into a situation where you're starting with a weak root system, that top is going to be weak as well. It's not anchored to anything that's going to be stable. So you're starting out weak, and that's going to be detrimental to the entire grow. So when you guys get started, what is your process in planting the seed or planting the clone? Do you have aeration in the uh, the media, or is it kind of just straight cocoa or straight soil? No. No, man. No. It's just straight, straight in. Straight in. There's no concern over... Um whether or not you know um how many or how strong the seed goes straight into the soil i water from there and then that's go um when i'm when i'm taking clones it's it's maximum amount of moisture until you see you know roots and then and then it's and then it's go from there but i you to t- try to piggyback off of what you started there chris <laughs> sorry i couldn't help but laugh <laughs> Circle back. um to uh it, it, the size of the pot um I, I don't believe now again I'm not speaking to autos because I, I, I again people say plant uh, you're in your final pot for autos so I'm not going to touch on that but generally speaking when I'm dealing with a photo uh, I, I don't start with the bigger biggest size pot I think it's unnecessary I think you want to train that root system to develop with the plant and then you do so by having a pot size appropriate to the size of that plant so the plant is continuously searching for moisture without ever having to get you know uh caught up on itself or root bound 
Um, I find that if you can, you know, depending on, you know, your situation, I go from like a solo cup, generally speaking, from like a clone or like a seedling to a one or a two gallon. And then from like a two gallon to, to, to possibly a, a five gallon right away. And then I just find that that, that way you're not overwatering. Um, if you, if you've got an uh, oversized pot, you're going to overwater it. I, I find, you know, you're, you're, you're wasting water to saturate the pot. Um, if you've got a pot size appropriate pot or a grow size appropriate pot, your watering is much as the, 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 the root system needs. So then it's, it's, it's searching for moisture when it needs to search for moisture and it's not oversaturated or underfed. So pot size, I think is very important when it comes to, um, managing a good, healthy root system. I think totally there's pros agree. and cons to both ways. I think, you know, you mentioned some of the pros. If you start in a, a, a larger container, you're more prone to overwatering, right? So starting in a smaller container, you're less prone to overwatering, right? Um, starting in a small container, you, uh, you can have, you have more space to work, right? right? Instead of just planting directly into like a 10-gallon or 15-gallon container, a large pot, well, you could start a lot more plants within smaller pots in, within that same growth space. Um, so if you're on space constraints, it's, good, it's potentially good to start in smaller pots. Um, but there is risk, right? The, the, the downside is it could become root-bound, right? So uh, root-bound is when the, the roots come down, hit the bottom of the grow pot, then it starts circling around that grow pot over and over and over again, right? Um, it can negatively impact nutrient uptake. Um, it's more prone to um, disease down there. So um, there are things, as long as you're transplanting on time, though, you can avoid those things. Um, so I typically start in like a, when I do start in a solo cup, usually it's in there for 10 to 14 days, then I'm transplanting into a larger container. Uh, sometimes I'll go into a one gallon, depends on my situation, one gallon, or I'll go into like a, a three gallon or a five gallon or a seven gallon, depending on the situation. Um, but when I do that transplant, um, one of the things that a lot of people do, common practice is using that mycorrhizal fungi, right? So we're talking about strong roots, healthy root system. Um, one thing you can do to extend the root system a little bit and, and help with nutrient uptake is using mycorrhizal fungi. So when you do that transplanting, sprinkle that directly onto the roots, having that direct contact, um, and then transplanting that plant into that new medium can certainly help on that avenue. So Absolutely. Like overall, it'll help even like a, um, basically like it'll metabolize like a nutrient locked out media even in that sense it'll work with the root system and it'll also benefit in, in protecting those roots from something like bad bacteria pathogens so like not only is it going to help uptake but it'll help defend too and and circling back to that the pot size thing i think a big reason why people will start small and work their way up is you can establish the rhizosphere and establish an actual root zone instead of just little spindly nothing there and then you move to the larger container and you, you're slowly but surely growing that that root ball without it having to expand too much and get wispy. Because when I first started, I'd put it into 18 to 20 gallon pots, like a clone. And I would never usually reach the outside of the pot unless I vegged for a month and a half, two months. And when I did, those roots were like dramatically thinner. The whole root system was just thin and webby in comparison to a tight, strong, white, solid one in my smaller container that I worked my way up. It seems like you need to gradually grow it in the size that it is instead of making them work their way so far out. I almost feel like those become lazy roots, as Trey would often say. Like, get these lazy roots that don't work as much. They're not as hardy. So in that 100% bro science in that side, but if you notice in a plant when it's small, in a, in a small container, like your regular planter's cup versus a, a large one, when you transplant that, the size of that root ball may be larger, but the, the density of the other smaller one seems to be a lot more aggressive, so to speak. 
I know people who would argue against that, but you know, just like in you my said, experience, it's anecdotal, yeah, anecdotal. yeah, it's 100%. experience wise building up the the root ball into another root ball into another root ball versus the the spreading out method. Now, what about yeah. uh, pot type? That's going to impact your roots as well, right? So, like fabric pots versus plastic pots, for example. Yeah. Even when um, air pruning comes into a, a side of things where yeah. you're going to be able to have something so you don't have to run into the root, um, that root rot. Total stoner moment here. Root bound situations. I, I feel like the fabric pots are a little overhyped, though, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you got to have certain um, brands. I, like, I don't think they all work the same. I think the quality and the density of the pot is a big thing, too. Because just a fabric pot isn't a fabric pot. Like the smart pots seemingly are thicker. You can feel the difference. It's more coarse at the same time. Yeah, but like you said, it does does air prune, um, which can be fine for if you're using you know synthetic you know mineral based nutrients. Uh, but when you're using the organic side of things, um, that's one reason why grassroots fabric pots now has a liner on the inside. Because normally, you know, in 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 real life and outdoors, uh, the soil dries out from the top down. It doesn't dry out from all the sides of the container. And once things start to dry out, the microbes go dormant. Right? They're not breaking down those nutrients that are needed uh, to be placed into a, a form that's available for the plants. So um, a lot of folks that are um, particularly growing in living soil are going after either plastic pots or um, those fabric pots by grassroots that have the liner on it. Um, so it doesn't dry out from all angles like that. Um, you can maintain it, the moisture level. Uh, it's a little bit easier. Um, so I personally think the... You know, the, again, another thing was there's pros and cons, right? There's pros and cons to the, the fabric versus the, the plastic. Um, but it does definitely air prune the roots. And, you know, if you're in a small uh, container with fabric pot, you might not be building up, and this is anecdotal, uh, you might not be building up that root structure in order to support a large, healthy plant. So it's just my experience yeah, with it. I totally you know? agree, man. I, I've had situations where it just seems like the plant uh, the root system wasn't strong enough for a big hardy plant. And then sure as shit, when I'm harvesting, I can pull it out and you could see there's a bunch of media left. And I'm like, oh man, it just didn't, didn't work like it needed to. And there's a lot of variables that come into that, even in the sense of the temperature of your room. If you have your pots on the floor and the root zone is getting cold, it's going to stress. It's not going to be able to grow. And you'll see the plant showing signs of almost deficiencies I've seen before where I'm like, oh, what's going on? The plant's hungry. Like, no, no, put your hand on the ground. If it's cold to your touch, just imagine a plant that's been sitting there for hours, for days, you know, and it's it's very detrimental after you've watered your plant that it's sitting there in this moist container and now it's getting cold. It's it, you got to keep that, you know, the root zone where it needs to be in terms of even oxygen too. like people use plastic pots that don't have enough aeration in there thinking, oh, that'll help. So I don't use the cloth pot. So then I have it a little elevated off the ground. But then you're dealing with a situation where you don't have the aeration. I've ran into it numerous times where I just have a pot that's a little cheaper. There's a couple little holes in the bottom and that's it. And it just, there's not enough room for that, that water to escape and not enough room for oxygen to, to go into it. Yeah. I mean, definitely need to have those holes in the bottom of the pot for sure for drainage um, and aeration. But I think, you know, when we're talking about aeration, that is one of the things you mentioned at the, the start of this, but uh, super important, you know, your medium is going to impact the aeration, right? Um, the amount of water you put in is going to impact aeration. So if you're overwatering, then you're, you're choking out your roots, lack of oxygen. That can lead to things such as root rot, for example, uh, pathogens, bad pathogens that are going to uh, hinder your crop for sure. So 
um, yeah, making sure your, your medium's right, airy enough to, um, you know, for to grow cannabis in. And, um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that one either. <laughs> well, your roots, your roots are your, uh, your, your roots Come are your, uh, your nervous system, Herbs right? It's, uh, it, it, it's very important. And I think uh, we, we underestimate, you know, when we've got issues going on with our plants, that often the issue is in the root system. It's, it's with what's going on inside the pot, you know, and whether that's uh, a toxicity, whether that's a deficiency, whether that's some kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, acidic buildup from from poor drainage or so on and so forth. Um, often, you know, it's like I try to tell people, they say, you know, I, I've got some, an issue with my plant. My very first thing to tell them is to go back to the basics. And to me, go back to the basics is go to your roots. Go to your, what are your roots telling you? Take, take a reading, push water through that sucker. How, what is the pH coming through? What, like what's coming out of there? Um, now, of course, I'm speaking for synthetic nutrients in particular. Um, but you know, if, if you have an issue generally, and if you're an organic, you're, you're not feeding the plant, right? You're feeding the roots so that, that the, the roots is the, or the soil so that the soil can, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, can, can, can sustain the roots. Um, that's, that's, that's very important. That's very important. So your root system will tell you a lot and whether it's your, your plants freezing, whether it's, you've got some kind of acidic buildup inside the pot. There's, there's, there's a, there's a tale to be told down there. And, uh, whenever, I, like I said, if someone's got an issue, that's where I'm going to tell them to go first is to the roots. Yeah. Well, like, the, like with Pythium or with, uh, I believe that's the scientific word for root rot, correct? I think it's pl- Plethium, I believe. Plethium. All right. I'm ignorant. I'm from Michigan. We say things wrong, but most of <laughs> us say things on the west side. On the west side. We don't say things right all the time. But, um, when you run into a situation like that, a lot of times I feel like that's from lack of aeration and overwatering people run it and, and this is common for a lot of people who are just getting started especially when you're getting right with your pot size how often you're feeding the not just how often but the amount that you're going and when you're dealing with something like cocoa i was just seeing mad hat organic shout out to him he's got some auto flowers that were a little stressed out because he was overwatering them and it was visible he can you can tell if you've seen overwatering they're being overwatered but in cocoa even still you can you can deal with it that's going to happen you know people think that oh you know cocoa you, you can't overwater but it's definitely not the case, man. If those roots are too saturated in a container that's not having enough aeration, it's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, I know in cocoa, I, uh, I've i overwatered before. You always hear when I first started growing in cocoa, it's like, you can't overwater cocoa. And it's also like, you need to water every single day. So every 24 hours I was watering, I'm like, looking at the plant, and it's like not happy and like... It's just the medium was still kind of wet a little bit, even though it is cocoa. It's a little airier. It's it's different than soil. Um, but I second guessed it. Then I watered every other day instead. My plant was was so much better. It's like you hear these things on the internet uh, and say you must do it this way, but um, you know try it out and, and don't um, don't hesitate to deviate if things aren't looking good in your garden. Yeah. You know what I mean. I've got buddies who water two, three times a day and their plants always look a little stressed out. And I've got other buddies and myself included who water every couple of days, you know, and, and don't feed every single time. And like, there's a lot of shit that we're told that is subjective based on every variable in your garden. Some people may need to feed constantly because it's totally inert media with very hungry plants and they're doing low EC every time. Some people may not need to do it often because their soil is nutrient rich and they don't have to do a whole lot in that sense. And it's a larger container. So it, the variables really depend, but when it gets into watering, you got to find it for yourself. There's no just here's the exact amount you do based on this pot size, because again, the, the humidity in your room, you know, relative humidity, even your temperature can affect it in some senses. Your pot size, 
um, the aeration, the plant saucer tray, if it doesn't have anything that's lifted. So that way, it's, if it's just sitting in the water the whole time, there's a lot of variables. I think that's one of the biggest issues with roots is people just overwater them and there's not enough air. Root it's, tra- pretty, it's pretty simple. Like train your roots too. You know, it's uh, when, when I water, when it's a very young plant, I try to avoid watering right beside the stem. I try to bring that water to the outside of the pot as often as I can to get those roots. The primary function is to, for those roots is to search for moisture, search for food. So if, if, if their moisture is out in the outsides of the pot, you know, they're looking for it. They'll find it. They'll try to search and, and, and utilize the size of that pot to, to, to strengthen themselves. So, you know, and then again, that, that goes into what I say about using the right size of pot. You're, you're really training the root system to, to withstand or sustain itself within that, that pot. And it's very important to have a, 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 an accurate pot size to, to the size of your plant. So, so, so that you're, you're in, increasing the effectiveness of the rose roots. How does that smell? It smells good. Someone just pulled me up on camera real quick because I'm smelling. Call me in the act. You know, yeah, there's a big, uh, a big focus on overcomplication in the, the grow space, and you can always overcomplicate your hobby as much as you want to. But simplifying the shit is the best way to do it. And I think roots keep it simple. Don't overcompact your media. Make sure there's enough air. Don't overwater it. If you're dealing with uh, let's say hydroponics, make sure that your water temperature is good. Make sure you're combating the uh, pathogens and bacteria. Cause if you get to a certain point, you're just naturally going to be dealing with it. You're going to get root rot and sludge. A lot of this shit though is pretty simple. Once you get it dialed in, don't try to have too many variables that sway off the course, because if you really add, let's say now you've got a, a wetting agent and you're watering more than you were before and you're adding another solution in there, we can't guarantee all these variables weren't all the effects it could be one little thing it could be the fact that you're increasing just a little too much water and it was just that and a lot of times i feel like in your roots if you just taper back a little bit let them do a little bit more work they're going to end up growing a lot hardier just my two cents absolutely got a couple of the random tidbits on roots um so a lot of people hear about the rhizosphere right what is the rhizosphere the rhizosphere is a lot of people think it's just the entire medium right through your soil your your whole thing that's not actually the rhizosphere the rhizosphere is a very very small area right next to the roots right it's like it's attached to the roots it's one to three millimeters thick okay so that's where all the exchanges happen when the uh, plant releases sugars into the rhizosphere into that one to three millimeter thick area Um, there's an exchange happening with bacteria um, of those elements that the plant needs to grow Um, So I want to clarify that Um, there's this thing called charge balance, right? So when a a plant intakes nutrients through their roots, um, they need to release something as well. Um, So for example, I've got my notebook here, a little cheat sheet here, things that I learned here. I saw you pull out the real (laughs) shit, the real science. (laughs) So um, for example, nitrogen, uh, they can, there's two forms, right? There's ammonium, NH4 plus, and then there is nitrate nitrogen, NO3 minus. Right. So when the plant intakes ammonium, NH4, it has to release something. Hydrogen is coming out, H. Since hydrogen is coming out, it makes the pH of the rhizosphere drop. So there's pH is going up and down. It's, it's adjusting as the plant's intaking nutrients. Um, there's also acids as well that the, uh, oh, and then let me, uh, when it intakes NO3, it actually releases OH. So um, the, 
pH of the rhizosphere actually goes up in that case. Um, but the, the, the plant is releasing acids um, in order to try to mine for nutrients as well. A good one is, a good example is iron. So if your pH is over 6.5, iron can actually turn into something else. Um, so what happens is the, uh, the plant is going to release acids in order to lower the pH so the iron can be in a form that the plant can um, so I just kind of want to mention those few things is that the, bars, there's right? so much details to the root zone um, that we're still learning. You know, scientists are still studying and, and learning, but there's a lot of activity going on in the root zone. And uh, I'm sure we could probably bring on an expert in the future to kind of talk more details about roots because there, there's really a lot, a lot to be said for sure. Absolutely, man. And, and that's where... You know, the core of everything lies is, is your roots, man. The only way that those beautiful green plants have anything is from that root system. So that's why it's a big focus. And again, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it and stay consistent. And I think uh, you'll have great fucking roots. So, yeah. Absolutely. So if you guys are uh, watching this on YouTube, we do record these episodes live on Twitch. So every single week, twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast. Come join us sometime. Influence the conversation a little bit. Let us know uh, what we should bring up in these episodes. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know what you know about Roots down in the comment section below. We didn't talk about everything, did we? So no, definitely in the we? comment section is where you can add value, add additional things that uh, maybe we can talk about in a future episode for sure. Yeah. And then got to say thank you to all the folks that support us on Patreon. So patreon.com slash from the stash or it's is it patreon.com from the stash or from the stash podcast. One from of those will have a link You'll from find the Stash Podcast. There. So we'll link it down They're in the guys. description section below. Thank you to everyone who is supporting us on our journey here. Cool, can you write? And keep yeah. an eye out for some uh, From the Stash merch. What? Got some shit dropping soon. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah. So Twitch, stick around. We're going to smoke with you. I just twisted another one. Probably going to do a young dabby. And uh, the rest of y'all, appreciate you tuning in. It's your boy, Seal TV, Mr. Grow It, and Pigeon420. And Wink on the ones and twos. Appreciate you. Stay lifted. Twitch. Let's get on. Twitch, stick around, baby. Mm-hmm.